Sai Sessions, a movement coming to life through podcast mixes and events is brought to you by Sai Jones. To keep up with all the great content and to get in touch with the Bay DJ, check out the website www.sijones.co.za. Please enjoy this episode. So this is a very, very interesting panel because this panel will explore the voices of the airwaves, right? So different uh, radio personalities who basically, what I think, well, what I believe is that radio, especially in Africa, plays such a huge role in terms of representation, in terms of getting news out, and it's such an important element. I mean, I grew up on radio, and now suddenly there's podcasts. So the whole idea of the airwaves is shifting so much. So we're going to have a beautiful panel who are going to explore radio and podcasts in now, in the now, okay? So our moderator is Cy Jones, and she will introduce the rest of the panel. I hope I did that justice. <laughs> All righty. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Sanbonani Molueni. I hope everybody's good today. <laughs> so I would like to take this time to just say hello, good morning, and to thank you for coming and joining us on this conversation here today, which has been entitled Voices of the Airwaves. Today we've got a panel of people, broadcasters, and myself, a podcaster, on air hosts, and we're going to talk about the direction as to where we see broadcast going in Africa, and kind of assessing what that means in the new age of things, the new technology of things. So I don't want to waste too much time, because we have to pack this up in 40 minutes, and I'm going to ask my panel to come up, and I'm just going to quickly, briefly introduce them as we have the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Mzikaga, we've got Samantha Mongwe, and we've got Kutloan. Nunchabo, a.k.a. The Crook. Please join me, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So I did say briefly that uh, we're going to be talking about the direction as to where the airwaves are going. And uh, just quickly want to let you know who exactly is here joining us tonight. We've got Da Crook right here. Da Crook is an on-air personality for Drums Radio currently, DJ, producer, all-round influential gent. Hi, Da Crook. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, great to be here for second year in a row. And yeah, awesome. let's hash it out. Awesome. And then I've got Samantha Moga right there. She's a musician. She's an artist. And you know what? Just getting to know her has been so amazing. She's also an honor personality on Gabs FM. Samantha Moga, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Quite excited. Yes, lovely, actually. <laughs> and then we've got Mzika Gafoma, uh, Metro FM Top 40 uh, technical producer, uh, currently on Star FM, and also he's a lecturer of uh, broadcast radio at the Academy of Sound Engineering. Mzika ladies and gentlemen. All right. You're making me sound far more esteemed than I actually am. <laughs> 
Oh, your throat, sir. <laughs> I want to beforehand apologize if I sound a bit elliptic. I might be buffering because I got little to no sleep, and I blame it on Africa Rising Music Conference. I've been super excited. <laughs> and thus, of course, couldn't get any shout out because of that. That's understandable. Welcome. Before I actually go on to that, I nearly forgot to introduce myself. Damn. My name is Sai Jones. <laughs> My name is Sai Jones. Uh, I am a founder of an online dance music platform called the Sai Sessions, which houses uh, events, a blog, and a podcast. And uh, here, I guess I am here on the title of a podcaster and joined by these uh, broadcasters here today. So you know where I needed us to start this conversation because we only have 40 minutes to pack this in. We only have 40 minutes. I needed us to talk about the kind of uh, changes and the kind of shifts that we've noticed in the broadcasting space. And uh, I understand the crook you've done radio for over 10 years now, and you guys also same, same. What kind of shifts have we noticed uh, from then now concerning broadcast radio? And I'm gonna start with you, Miss Samantha, because you're already ready. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I've been on radio since 2018, so that's give or take six years. Gabs FM started in the evening, night slot, from like 8 till midnight. So I was getting home at 1 a.m. midweek, and then they moved me to their uh, primetime slot, 12 till 3 p.m. Um, so yeah, it's been six years. And during those six years, there's been a lot that's gone on, um, including COVID. <laughs> including COVID and a lot of changes um, along the way. And I, I can only speak from my personal experience and conversations that I've had with people who work on other radio, in other radio stations and what they do. So during those years of, first of all, being a consumer of radio, um, I realized that um, there was a lot of traditional elements that came to play. I didn't even know what uh, our radio personalities looked like before because there was very little interaction on social media. It wasn't really a big thing. Um, but over the course of the few years that I've been on radio, I'm seeing that uh, my radio station and others are really pushing into like a digital space of, of trying to integrate traditional radio mediums with uh, your social media, your digital platforms. And I guess also that's part of the whole thing of it's either you adapt or die. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of radio stations that are struggling to integrate that are losing out on commercial space. They're losing out on brand value. They're losing out on a lot of aspects that make radio um, pop in the, you know, in the in this previous time, current time. So yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's been a change. Digital space, uh, social media, digital platforms. That's the shift that I've seen. Okay, and then what about you, uh, Dacruk? Um, I think, um, obviously, um, I concur with what you say uh, from an internal perspective, but I think um, externally, the listener has also changed, you know? Um, how they consume uh, the medium, uh, what they want to hear, um, what they're exposed to outside of radio, and uh, what makes a good platform for them, you know? And um, I don't think a lot of traditional radio stations have actually um, caught up to the times, you know? Um, we're actually chatting backstage that, um, imagine if you paid a subscription to your Spotify and um, there was an influencer, after every three songs, 
uh, trying to tell you or talk about uh, where to buy bread or there's an advert and, 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 and it's, 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 it's kind of annoying, you know? And, and I think that's where our listeners are. And um, so radio needs to reshape um, what content is and what valuable content is and, um, and see how you can get ears glued to the speakers based on what content people want to hear uh, from, from the announcer, you know? Because, um, yeah, man, um, I just think um, the listener has literally got the world at, at their feet and, 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 and traditional radio is failing to, to basically play to the listener's game. Yeah, what about Shumzi? Sure, I think I would echo both sentiments shared. I would say, without question, the advent of social media is, or the advent of digital, should I say, has made the biggest impact on radio over the past five to 10 years or so. And I think what that has resulted in, again, to echo the crook, Kutlano's point, traditional radio, conventional radio, hasn't quite as yet caught up to the reality of where radio finds itself currently. And I'm gonna speak in terms of um, thinking of radio as an additional content platform and not merely a radio station per se, all right? Because we are now in a period where, for the longest time, there is a narrative that radio is dying because of these, but I would like to believe that it can coexist, all right? They can be a symbiotic relationship. And when I say thinking of, of radio as yet another content platform, we are finding, for example, certain radio stations will no longer have what we would traditionally call program managers or program directors, but content managers. And that really speaks to how the content you're creating for broadcast can translate into digital, can translate visually, and things of that sort. These are where we are in terms of headspace. If you're on the cutting edge of radio, I would say it's very important to see it that way the different iterations of the content that is created for broadcast via the various mediums that are available now. These will not necessarily speak to each other at all times. There are instances where you will have content exclusively for digital and some exclusively for broadcast. And then there are, there are instances where they will speak to each other per se. But to see some radio stations awaken into that is really interesting and surprisingly enough i'm finding that this is happening in west and east africa in particular if i take a look at kiss fm kenya i take a look at wasafi fm in tanzania their social media accounts how they are are just creating content which is almost exclusive for their social media followers that you would not hear broadcast ordinarily yet on the other hand we're also seeing the same trends in South Africa where you're seeing there is what we call theater of the mind, right? Where you are just helping to create pictures and images in the mind of the listener. Then you are actually displaying them on your socials. Like if you're speaking about a guest coming in, we have set up a red carpet experience for them. Oh, you should really see this is amazing. Like wife and for example, had Bonang about a week or two ago. And then on their socials, the follow-up to that was the actual footage of the event, etc. It's a double-edged sword because the theater of the mind is sacred and a cornerstone to radio. 
yet in reality, if you are catering to the current content consumption habits, as Gudwana has alluded, you will have to include that into your content offering as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we are essentially all on the same page about this. And um, I completely agree with you guys as well, because I feel like for me, um, the new age, the new technology of things is an extension. That's how I feel. It can be used as an extension. And like you said, that now radio should be seen as a, a content producer, like content production situation, as opposed to a, a separate uh, entity. I, I'm on the same page as that, that I feel like um, being a podcaster, if I can put it out there, being a podcaster, um, it's, I've always seen my podcast as an extension to what is happening in music, let me say, because radio is always one of the first platforms to drop music. So when I go on my podcast, I now am, I'm, I'm, I'm extending what's happening on radio when it comes to the musical artists that are introduced on radio, now I'm extending it. And I agree with everything that you guys are saying. But now what I'm wondering, is in your various radio station, where you work at drums, where you work at Gabs, and where you work at Star right now, are we, are we seeing the change that we want to see? Are we seeing it in your various radio station? Now you can take it back home. And Gabs FM can start because you're all the way in another country name. <laughs> you guys are gonna get me into trouble. <laughs> but okay, let's, let me be honest. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I'm a big believer that whenever there's change in uh, specific radio stations, and ours is a private radio station, it usually starts at the top, right? So if, if your board of directors doesn't quite get where the trends are going, it becomes a bit difficult to convince. Um, but in our case, we've got a few people fighting <laughs> the cause for us. And um, over time, we've seen you know, certain things being implemented. Uh, it's only two years ago that they got a social media aggregator and a content producer. And that's something that we had been speaking on, right? Because we are aware of the trends and consumer behavior and how it's changed. And, you know, it's getting there, um, but hopefully quicker than rather than later. I know they're also including within, um, when it comes to paid advertising space, they also are linking that to the social media platforms. So um, our clients who come through paying for radio ads can also pay for an extension um, onto the Gabs FM social media platforms and, you know, everybody wins. Um, greater reach, more money for the radio station. So that's why I'm saying yes and no. One thing that we're still kind of fighting about is the idea of podcasting. Some, some on-air presenters have taken it upon themselves to, to incorporate the two, uh, but it's still a bit of a, of a, of a battle to have your, your live streaming while you are on-air, but also have a camera crew that's in studio to, to, to get everything that's happening behind the scenes, because like you said, our consumers have changed and they wanna see, they wanna see the bit of the chaos that's happening. You know, it's a theater of the mind they wanna hear, but they also wanna see, and they wanna be able to, to see like two hours later when you're done with your show. So uh, we're, we're getting there, we're getting there, yeah. Okay, you already, already, sir. <laughs> well, mine's gonna be very short because two stations that I've worked at where this has presented fairly different scenarios. So at Star, it is a youth station, at least initially. 
upon conception and inception, it was a youth station, so social media had to be a big part of the station's promotion. However, there were restricted resources. And with the restriction of resources, presenters, we had to take it upon ourselves, it was incumbent upon ourselves to leverage our social media presence to try and draw attention to the station. And that would include um, for perhaps regular posts, of course, IG Live is as if we're talking the basics, IG Live for an interview and uh, trying to promote, you know, the usual hashtags and things of the sort. Then at Hot 1027, we're also going halfway there because it has a lot to do as well with who your target listener is, the demographic. So at heart, you're talking about 44 plus or 40 plus. These people are not as active on social media. You'll find that, as they're calling it right now, the old people's app, Facebook, is perhaps the best place to push content for that particular demographic. But for the most part, those are very traditional listeners. They grew up, say, in the 80s and 90s listening to radio and they like to keep it that way. They still enjoy the theater of the mind aspect, for example, and are not, though they enjoy visuals and things of that nature, they are, are, are more so still very much primarily about the music than they are about personalities and things of that sort. So we'll find that on socials, our offering definitely is not nearly as big in terms of sales, at least, as the, the on-air offerings. If you look at the rate cards, I won't go into that and all, but it's, they're quite far off from each other, I would say. Um, perhaps with time, as we have a younger generation moving up into the 40s, we might see the needle move with respect to that. But at the moment, no, nah, it's, it's, it's very basic. It might be an outside broadcast promotion, just announcing where we're going to be, where you can find and engage with the station in person, things of that nature. And uh, Crook, I understand that with you, the dynamic is super different because you're remote. And so I'm, I would assume that they really take ad, ad, a huge advantage of the, the technology and the internet of things. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, and the four radio stations that I've worked at, um, starting at YFM, um, it was very traditional. Um, also very youth-focused. Um, I remember, I think in 2015, I pitched something called Why Uncut because I could start seeing this uh, podcasting thing uh, becoming a thing, you know? And um, they obviously didn't see it. Uh, they obviously didn't see it. And um, you can tell now that um, they're trying to... They're trying to fast-forward, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and, yeah. and play catch-up, you know? And... Um, one of the reasons why, uh, after having my my tenure spell at Y, I decided to to look for an overseas radio job, was because um, was because of the fact that people were just comfortable with being traditionalists, you know, um, and um, I hear what you're saying about uh, uh, Hot 102. You know what I mean? Um, those guys are 44, and that's cool, you know, but but um, for an ever-growing and, 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 and an ever-growing youth brand, you constantly need to be on the pulse of what culture is yeah. doing and Absolutely. where culture is, you know? And um, when I got a job in the UK at Drums Radio and at um, Dash Radio in LA, um, I could basically be DJing somewhere in Scandinavia, but I can still do my radio show. And, and one thing that 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 has taught me is that um, as long as there is value in your content, 
um, as long as you don't timestamp your links, mm. then that content is forever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, 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 and that's what I've found value in. And, and I think that's why people like myself are still in the business of radio. Mm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So the one thing I've actually, I, I remember we were talking uh, backstage and I did say that for me, the one thing that I do miss, one thing that I do miss um, as a podcaster, I have to catch everybody else's information, what everybody has to say to me. I have to catch it post and I don't want, I don't want that. You know, I enjoy the liveness of things. And um, I find that that element is the one app that broadcast has uh, for me that's how I feel that is the only one of, I want to be able to interact with these people in real time I don't know if that's something you guys are opposing or against or for you have an opinion on that she's shaking her head clearly she has a different opinion <laughs> and you also Mzi? I totally agree I totally agree it's it's one of the first points I raise whenever someone tries to raise the argument that podcasts are going to kill radio so to speak I speak about that real-time live interaction that podcasts can't offer because we know that one of the greatest value offerings or propositions of radio is what some of us call companionship. The fact that you can have real-time interaction and thus a real-time relationship with the personality on air. The immediacy of radio is a huge advantage that it has over podcasts, or as we call them, on-demand. Um, something huge happens, a significant event happens, whether it be current affairs or in music. Maybe your podcast drops once a week every Thursday. It happens on a Monday. Of course, radio personalities can already begin to dissect that immediately, etc. And um, you, on the other hand, are, are, are probably just echoing what has already been shared or trying to, sh to, to deliver a different angle of some sorts. And then uh, in addition to that, I would also say, though I won't get into quite right now, the locality of radio. It's, it's different when it comes to Kutlan, of course. It, it's, he, he's an exception, and that's a rather interesting position he finds himself in. It would be nice to hear him delve into that, um, catering to a global market, almost, rather than a specific localized listenership, per se. But those two are the biggest advantages, I'll say, terrestrial radio has over on-demand audio. Um, I'd like to beg to differ. Um, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, I think um, technology has allowed people um, and podcasting to, to still have that interaction, one. Um, look at a podcast like McG. You know, he'll take voice notes, he'll take calls, you know. And, and yes, it might not have that... Um, I might not say something now, and, and you comment now, but how he packages it, because he comes from a radio background, will make it sound like it's something that's happening now, uh, one. Um, two, I think um, the only form of radio that still feeds off um, the now is probably talk radio, because of the frequency at which news breaks. But for music radio, commercial radio, um, I, I really do not see the value because um, the fact that um, if I'm an artist and I'm going to release a, a hit song and, and I say the song is out on Friday, um, 
you've already got it on your Spotify, but uh, your radio compiler will start playlisting the song in the next two weeks. So what value are you giving me? You know? And, and I think the other thing is, 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 is the fact that um, if you want to create a, an appointment with your listener, you, you can obviously do that on, on, on platforms like YouTube. You know, like you, you, you can do a podcast today and say the podcast is going to be out at five today and, and still the listener would have watched that podcast for the first time at five when you want them to watch it. So um, I, I really think that um, there's a lot that radio needs to do in terms of catching up. Mm. And um, I foresee radio contracts having a podcast clause yeah. um, in, in the very near future that, um, yes, you might have this platform on this traditional radio station, but um, your, pod, I mean, your, your, your contract um, also holds you to be doing a, a, a podcast that can feed off what you're talking about on air, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and also, um, we need to look at the fact that um, airtime is not a currency anymore. Data is, you know? Um, a lot of people will, will walk into a shop and buy data bundles and, and not airtime. So um, that means that um, the engagement that is happening on air is mostly voice notes, is mostly tweets, is mostly messages through whatever apps that they've got or whatever communication platforms that they've got uh, to speak to you, but not the conventional phone call, unless it's talk radio. That's, 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 that's the only form of radio that, that I've, 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 I've found um, is still adhering to, to, to the traditional norms. But everything else um, is happening on podcast. I love that you went into mentioning the artist, and this is something I've been thinking about in terms. And you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm a podcast. I'm mainly based online. All right. <laughs> so the one thing I was thinking about here is one of the benefits of radio, especially music-based radio stations, the fact that artists get paid through the you, they get paid royalties. You get me. So that's a one of a major benefit that I've seen also comes sure. with the radio and as a broadcasting platform, as broadcast itself. So now my main concern is if we, um, and, and, and my opinion is also that um, how radio and broadcast is now consumed has changed. It's the same as how, as how you guys all see it. So now my thing is that if we now uh, solely take this direction of uh, being a digital age, I'm worried about the artist, but that's just something that's in my mind. Am I, am I weird? But yeah, well, that's a problem worldwide. It's, worldwide, uh, okay. It's, it's, it's I think that might just be a conversation for another day, De Crook. <laughs> I think the internet is, has leveled the playing field, you know? Um, we also need to realize that um, the compilers on, at radio stations um, are playlist things that they like or that they feel could work for the radio stations, but not what's hot, you know? Um, I remember working um, at YFM and, and, and there were so many hot songs out there that um, Y needed to look to the internet for to start playlisting, you know? Yeah. So um, that, 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 that paradigm has changed, you know? These... These kids and artists have found a, 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 a 
cool ways to use social media, data, mm. and the internet mm. to create their own buzz, and radio becomes a byproduct, you know? Um, think of the last time you've seen an artist post that my song was number one on the top 40. I you recently know? saw an MTV bass one. Yes, but, but you'll see artists posting that um, I'm on the Spotify I, uh, playlist, yeah. um, I've gone, um, my streams have gone this much, and um, my music has reached uh, this far, you know? So um, I think that's where it's shifted to. So um, radio really needs to like, be introspective in the business model and um, in the content that they're giving mm. to the listener, and shouldn't be shy mm. to go to the content creators, be artists, uh, be organic content creators, be, be YouTubers, and so on and so forth, mm. and say, um, we'll actually pay you yeah. to license authentic content to us so that we're still the first at releasing it before you actually yeah. put it yeah. um, in the public domain. Yeah, yeah I think that's great. I think yeah, that, that's, that's a very point, valid actually. point. Very good. I will say, uh, something I wanted to raise a few moments ago, I think it's important that we also take into consideration the socioeconomic context of South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is, is definitely what Kutlana is talking about, is the future, which we, we should be at right now, perhaps already. And there is the the something to factor in is we're working with people. And mm. unfortunately, that's where the discrepancy lies, mm. human discretion. You could have one compiler who is on the pulse, who is checking the playlist mm. on the iTunes, mm. the, the Spotify's, the titles, etc., and another who's just going with personal taste when they go to a party, what are they hearing, and things of that nature. But back to the socioeconomic um, question, it's very important to take that into consideration as far as the a matter such as data cost. T data is mm. a lot cheaper now than it was mm. a few years ago. Facts. However, there are still in those. South <laughs> in South Africa. In South Africa. You know what I'm saying? It is still very much an impediment for some to fully engage, to fully make that digital migration, so to speak. So in light of that, I wouldn't say radio is still the primary promotional channel but it is still a very significant promotional channel in South Africa, depending on which SEM, as we refer yeah. to it, we are, we are, we are speaking to, and it is still very much the primary promotional channel for some. It is the first point of exposure for a lot of people when it comes to hearing music. So, so what are we saying now then? What are we saying in terms of ideally where we want to see a broadcast going? What are we saying we want to see that will work because what I'm hearing from everybody here and uh, is the fact that we just need to be able to look at the market space and cater accordingly. So what are we saying we want to see? What are we saying is, what are we forecasting concerning broadcast radio? Broadcast, actually. I think broadcast is a young man's sport, man, you know? Um, it, it is. Broadcast is a very young man's sport because um, I don't care which radio station you represent, but uh, you're going to need to fold to adhere to what the kids are doing. Like you were saying about um, 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 Heart with uh, the 44 plus um, old listenership that have got Facebook and so yeah. on and so forth. But um, they see value on, on having a presence on social media True. because um, it's not really about what they communicate, but um, 
it's also good for revenue. Um, yes. The more numbers you've got, the more you can sell that space um, as, as an extension of the radio station. So um, it, it's a very young man's sport. And, and I really feel that the people that um, are running radio stations or are at the fort of making really, really, really impactful decisions um, on radio stations um, are either fundies and not radio people or are very old. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Sam? I mean, I could 100% agree with yeah. that. We were talking about that, we, Yeah, backstage, we were actually talking about how, unfortunately, the people who are making decisions are Bogreni, uh, and, you know, they, they don't quite understand the direction in which uh, the digital space is playing when it comes to radio. But I would like to see you know, all radio stations integrating, or at least starting, uh, to what degree, I'm not quite sure. But even if you're integrating more Facebook, more podcasting, at least start, start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And just almost unrelated, something worth, worth thinking about as to why this is happening. There's also a little known trend that DSPs are in fact recruiting radio program directors and compilers to assist them with their perhaps target campaigns. If you think about it, a target user is pretty much kind of like a target listener of some sort. So it's interesting that they are recruiting from radio to assist them with whether it be the compilation of the playlists or just understanding how to tailor their, their music, what they promote in particular regions, etc. Okay, bigger question. Is radio dead? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we're about to actually take questions from the floor right now. I see everybody's heated. Yes, radio is dead. No. <laughs> it is not. I beg to differ. Okay. okay. I do want to take questions right now, and I think we still have the time. We're right on time. Awesome. So we're going to take a couple of questions, and I believe in questions. Ladies and gentlemen, all right, let me start to the front here. Um, good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning. morning. Um, so my name is Mitchie Zambia Sweetheart. I am one part of a show called The Breakfast League on Phoenix FM in Zambia, which is one of the biggest uh, private-owned radio stations in Zambia. Um, my question is actually for Doug Crook. I'm curious. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of questions, but um, I'm more, I would like to hear more details on how you actually got uh, to work on um, radio beyond the, your country of origin. Uh, because, for example, in my country, in Zambia, you have, according to the labor laws or something, to work in broadcasting, you have to prove that you cannot find talent within the country to take that position. So it's kind of hard to have people from other countries on uh, broadcasting channels, unless otherwise. It, it has, there has to be reasons roundabout somewhere. So how did you um, find yourself on, on radio? Um, I think everything is about leverage, man. Um, when you walk into a business meeting, um, the first thing that you sell is what you don't have I mean, what you have that other people don't have, you know? Um, I was lucky enough to, to tap into the Amapiano sound in 2014. 
and um, started um, calling the DJs like from everybody. Like these guys were nobodies. The global superstars that you see now were nobodies and used to give them money to come to studio because that was the bubbling sound. Every, every time I'd go to a gig, the warm-up sound used to be Amapiano, but the very melodic Amapiano um, without the log drum. Um, and, and I'd find that every time that we, people that are on radio or the so-called headliners, uh, start DJing, um, the party would dip because this sound was, was organically growing um, in, in different corners of South Africa. So I decided to put this thing on radio, um, had a segment called Amapiano Hour, and, and that became my thing. So every time I spoke or presented myself to either a Dash Radio in LA, uh, the Beat 103.6 FM in London, or Drums Radio, was the fact that I'm the first guy to play Amapiano on radio. And, 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 and that's what I bring to the table. I think the issue with, with, with the current climate of, of, actually of everything, you know, is that because we consume social media and uh, we see a person doing this and is getting 20,000 likes, playing the same songs on their reel, we think that is actually the formula. And then you, you actually go through your, your feed and you end up finding 200 things that have got the same song, that look the same way, the people look the same, and they speak alike, you know? And how do you create leverage of that? So um, that's my thing, is that... Um, the difference is actually the difference. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Luceli, a.k.a. Lady Light. Um, I just want to ask you guys, um, radio in South Africa and Botswana, are you guys uh, promoting music from outside your countries? Are you guys playing music from all over the continent, or are you restricted to just playing um, maybe hits from other countries and um, your local music? What does it take for artists, let's say, from Namibia, Angola, um, Central African Republic, Sudan, to be playlisted, and how do compilers um, actually select their music? Um, this is also just in the interest of African unity. How do we get our artists on radio? Um, I know South African um, radio, you play a lot of um, South African music, but um, growing up in Zambia, um, I listened to a lot of um, South African music on Zambian radio. Um, I listened to a lot of West African music on Zambian radio. I was introduced to legends like Hugh Masekela, Brenda Farsi, um, Salif Keita um, on Zambian radio. So I just want to hear your opinion on that and um, how do we do this? How do we grow as artists from our region, especially our region? How do I put my music on Metro, on 5FM, on Hot FM? Um, for us, it has to do with the regulations. So right now in Botswana, the regulation is the local airplay has to be 55% local and it's still growing. So whatever broadcaster, whatever radio station, TV, etc., has to make sure that there's a 55-45 ratio. And that's so that we can try and boost the economy back at home when it comes to royalty payments. Um, do all broadcasters follow that? Not quite, um, because, <laughs> because then the whole um, issue of uh, some broadcasters will say it has to do with quality control. That's always the excuse, quality control. But I hear you about you know, making sure that we are diversifying what we play. 
I'm also an artist, so I know how difficult it is to get your music um, on radio stations across the board. So I put my neck on the line and I communicate with, you know, people with interesting sounds and I talk to our music compilers and we have certain features that cater um, for, let's say we'll say a top five of music coming out from Tanzania. And that's how we find a way to playlist music that would not necessarily playlist on our radio station. Yeah, yeah. I would say pretty much the same. I think it has to do with mainly three things, regulation uh, and uh, commercial objectives, as well as the format of the station, so to speak. For example, at Star 919, you have, it's in fact a community station, and the regulation states you've got to be at least 70% local. So we're going to be pushing a whole lot of local talent. Anything outside of that has to be deemed somewhat exceptional. And unfortunately, that's going to see the megastars, international megastars from the United States, Europe, the UK. And of course, there are African superstars, though, featured. Your Bruno Boys, Davidos, etc. It's unlikely that we will be playlisting mid-tier African artists like an up-and-coming one. Might be hot, but if there isn't much demand for them or traction behind them as yet, it's unlikely you'll hear them. Format as well plays a role. Um, you will hear, but I'll mainly see this in, in online that um, some stations do definitely prioritize what they might call blackness or African sounds and will therefore make an effort to include, to mine African music and things of the sort. A huge advocate for that on commercial radio right now, in fact, is DJ Sabi. You know, he's been a voice for, for African music and he makes a point of advocating for African talent and exposing the listener to not only the megastars, but up and coming talent in that regard. And then commercial objectives, of course, being that you, you want your listenership to grow so that you can value your, the valuation of your airtime can spike, right? So you're going to basically give the people what they want, unfortunately. And what they don't know, they don't want, but perhaps it's more so because they don't know about it, they don't want it. But there are very few people in management and radio today willing to take that chance. It really takes a champion of any particular cause or genre working at a station to see to it that it makes inroads into playlists and mass consciousness, so to speak. Um, I'd like to just quickly give you a cheat code. So, um, don't, don't directly go to the radio station and submit your music. Find the DJ that does a speciality a music show. Because those guys have the power to actually playlist music that they like. And that speaks to that kind of show. So, um, you're more likely to get your stuff playlisted through them first and be consistent in giving them music because sometimes it, it becomes difficult to, 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 to put together an, an, a DJ Sabi's African boombox or, or a Sunday social that I used to do on YFM and so on and so forth. And um, you end up leaning to people that are constantly giving you music and, and those people actually end up vouching for you in these committee meetings. So um, I think for you to break into South Africa, Look to the people with speciality radio shows. So your Nikki B's, uh, your DJ Sabi's, who else? Um, there's something called um, Sundays on Y or something like that. So um, they've got something speciality happening. And so look for speciality radio shows because those guys will play your music in a heartbeat.
that's playing out, how, how that's playing out in an African context, because you know with radio, there's systems uh, for getting paid. But now there's music podcasts that will play music. Um, so how is that working out? And secondly, I just wanted to find out if you guys have insi any insights about the podcasting industry in South Africa and the rest of the continent. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so um, the reason why I haven't started podcasting is basically because of music rights. Um, I'm a music guy. I, I love music radio. And, and the fact that uh, I'm still barred uh, by what I can put on YouTube and, and who the owner is and so on and so forth um, um, has hindered me from, from, from starting the kind of podcast that I want. But, but that is slowly changing. Um, they're trying to, to ease the regulations around that because uh, there's value in your song being listened to by a person that is your fan or somebody that is um, creating an entity where your kind of sound is going to live, you know? So um, yeah, just 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 keep your ear, I mean just keep your ear on the ground. I think um, it's going to change because um, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I have a talk a talk uh, um, a podcast, but it's about music. So what I do is I uh, I have an artist on the podcast, and what I make sure I do is to feed a lot of their content straight direct to whatever wherever you can buy their music. So what I, I act as is a marketing platform on your behalf so that you can get your payments because I know that it's not really, we're not licensed to play music like that so that yeah. you can get paid as an artist. So that's why my platform, what I do is, I just act as a marketing platform on your behalf, feed your links, then people can directly um, purchase your music straight to you. That's what I do. Yeah, and not to add to, to anything, but for example, Indeed, legislation hasn't quite caught up and isn't exactly accommodating podcasters yet. At ASE, we have the Academy of Sound Engineering. We have a podcast platform for students, and it's music podcasts for the most part. However, these are unsigned artists. A lot of them are, in fact, students themselves or peers of these students or up-and-coming unsigned artists. We do so with their permission. We need to get permission beforehand. Are you okay with us playing your music knowing that you will not be getting paid? That is cleared beforehand, and then we go ahead and produce the podcast. But if you are talking about, especially if these are signed artists, be it to major or indies, that can get rather complicated. The waters can get murky. I know with Apple Music Radio, interestingly enough, a cousin of mine gets playlisted there often. Um, they do send a contract where he has to sign acknowledgement that there will be no remuneration for the playlisting of your music, etc. I guess what they're selling is exposure, and they can, because they have an, incredible, an incredibly sizable audience and big platform. Okay, I think we need to be done. They've been telling me our time is up, unfortunately. Uh, I'd like to thank you one more time uh, for joining us on this conversation. We hope that you had a good time with us. We had a good time with you guys. And um, we'd like to thank uh, Africa Rising Music Conference for having us and Paradise Music as well. Otherwise, for now, this is us saying cheers. Thank you. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Sai Jones, produced by Sinesipo Magangana together with Mudiwa Mob Justice Kavaza. To keep up with all the great content from the Sai Sessions and the Bay DJ, be sure to follow us on social media. That's at Sai Jones ZA across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to see all the action and visuals of each episode, videos of the Sai Sessions podcast are available on the Sai Jones YouTube channel. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and comment. Sai Sessions is produced for Sai Jones by Allo TV Productions, a division of Lion Media. We look forward to having you on the next episode. Episode.